Max RPG Podcast. I'm in Max, 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 Pursuing the RPG hobby with reckless abandon. Why, hello, and welcome to Season 23, Episode 12 of Happy Jack's RPG Podcast. My name is Stu. My name is Kimmy. Uh, I'm, I'm Jim. My Stork. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Hi. How are you? I was reading the back label of Dr. McGillicuddy, the legacy of Dr. McGillicuddy, <laughs> and his and his black licorice schnapps, oh. which which Stu has poured a glass of and I don't looks know if you can exactly see this. <laughs> like <laughs> what you get out of the, the, your drain when you're cleaning it. Yes, it's oh. brackish. Yeah. But is it tasty? It looks like squid ink. It does. It, it does. kind of does, doesn't it? It, it does, does. look like squid ink. Well, well, slightly watered down squid ink. Yeah. I it's mean. black licorice schnapps, for God's sakes. I love it. <laughs> you want to taste? It tastes a little bit like Jägermeister. Yeah, I believe that. Or or Uzo with a blackish color. Yeah. Or um, tastes like Jägermeister. Or yeah. or Nyquil. <laughs> <laughs> actually, t- tastes a lot like Nyquil. Yeah. Yeah, I get. I get that. That's actually ah, uh, licorice tasty. with a with a Nyquil overtone. Yeah, it's actually quite tasty. It's delicious. I like that. I, I just wish it didn't look like the stuff you get out of your washing machine when you clean. You know, you know where that drain. would go really well. Mm-hmm. Um, as a as a pour over ice cream. Ooh, yeah. Mm, like a like like chocolate mint. Yep. Mm, chocolate mint chip. Mm. That would be good. <laughs> Maybe put that over a dark chocolate brownie. I think we've just invented a dessert. Yes. Or instead of putting ice cubes in it, put um, monkey poop in it. The the black the salted oh, black yeah. licorice. Yeah. The, what is it called? Jungle scream uh, or something like that. Jungle, jungle cry. Screen, or, yeah. yeah. I don't know. <laughs> In this episode of Happy Jacks RPG Podcast, Nathan writes in about post-game questions to improve your game. Uh, Tarolin writes in about a player who is too into character. And Nicholas from Sweden sends us a horror-slash-sorrow story. But first, if you'd like to email us, you can email us at happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. That's happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. We're also on all the social media. Mm-hmm. Happy Jacks RPG, All one word. We're on Instagram... And Twitter and Facebook and MeWe, come MeWe with me. I I MeWeed for the second time, third. Okay, <laughs> it for months. And it started a thread, uh, and there were some very interesting things in the thread. Which, I'll, and someone pointed out, that there's as many. Oh, by the way, we have a new forum, HappyJacksForum.com. Oh. HappyJacksForum.com. You can go and register. And join our new forum. Or if you go to happyjacks.org/forum, it also goes to oh, the forum. Oh, you, yeah. you, you forward that. Yeah, thread. you can okay. click on the website. So, it gets so you can post your "I never thought it would happen to me." Yes. Right, right, right. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and if you'd like to watch the show live, you can go to happyjacks.org/live. We do the show on s- at seven p.m. Mish Pacific time, and uh, that's right now. Well, it's actually seven oh six. So, and uh, see, we have a game convention coming up, uh, President's Day weekend at uh, Strategicon. That this one is Orcon, yeah, Orcon, uh, and that is uh, at the LAX Hilton Hotel. LAX Hilton. It's been a while, it's and I need to book a room. I don't think I've booked a room yet. So. Uh, probably ought to get on that. Yeah, I, well, I'm going to find out if my kids are coming or not. Yeah, you got games submitted? No, God, I might. I'm not. I don't remember. I may have, but I may have registered games already. I'm not sure. I have actually not registered mine. What? Oh, you haven't? I know what I'm going to run now, but or I think I do. Um, I'm going to run um, a game in Cortex Prime um, that is going to be based on. Um, oh shoot! 
Uh, uh, Penny Dreadful. Oh, nice. cool. Okay. Um, I'm going to do a Penny Dreadful based game, and then I'm going to do a game in uh, the new version of Savage Worlds that is coming out. Cool. So awesome. So, yeah, I'm not sure. I haven't. I don't. I don't think I registered anything yet. Yeah. So got, got a little time. I may run a Traveler game because by that by then the new Traveler campaign should have started. So I may run something that ties in with that, and I'll probably run a Moment of Truth game. Maybe in Blood, Blade, and Dusk. Why would I mean, you want to run that? I know. It's <laughs> terrible game in a terrible setting. Uh, post-sessions, post-session comments to help improve your game. From Nathan. Howdy, Happy Jack's crew. Long-time listener, first-time emailer, Nathan from Indiana here. Uh, at the end of each session, for any long-term campaign that I run... I ask my players a set of questions that hopefully help build character personality, highlight player accomplishments, and improve the game overall. I have listed those questions below with some small descriptions for each. I would like to hear your thoughts about these questions, any pros and cons, and any ideas to imp- uh, for improvement you might have. To kick things off, I ask my players to roll a die, and I choose either the highest roller or the lowest roller to go first. Then I proceed clockwise around the table with each player answering the same question before moving on to the next question. What did your character learn this session? This question helps build the character's personality and solidify in-character experiences. If, the episode w- it, it, if each session was an episode of a TV show, uh, that, what would the audience have learned about your character? This question really helps clarify the personality of the character and highlights aspects, skills, background of the character. Any votes for good role-playing? Uh, players can vote for any other player's role-playing in a session, with the G- GM being the tiebreaker, if needed. There are typically, there's typically a minor award for the winner of this as well. It could be an inspiration for 5e game, extra Benny for Savage Worlds, etc. Any votes for uh, great ideas or creative actions? Just like with, role-play- with, with the role-playing award, uh, players can vote for any other players' actions or ideas in the session, that, uh, with the GM being the tiebreaker if needed, uh, th- there's typically a minor reward for this as well. Um, what is your favorite moment in the session? This is not a when my character did this cool thing, but instead intended to focus on other players' actions and other elements of the story. Additionally, I try to encourage the players to each choose a different moment in the session. This helps highlight a variety of things that the players enjoyed about the session. Are there any things you liked, things you didn't like, or suggestions for improvement for the campaign? This gives the players a chance to bring up things that either took away from or added to the fun. I'm a firm believer that that it's the GM's job to ensure that everyone's enjoying the game. Therefore, if I'm doing something right or wrong, I want to know about it. Good on you. Uh, this is also a time to bring up questions about the mechanics and the and proposed changes that might help improve future sessions. Cheers, and thanks for producing great content. Nathan, P.S. It was great meeting Stu and Bill at Gen Con a couple years back. Ah, excellent. Uh, I bumped into you guys at the Games on Demand line. I remember that. Uh, I hope that Gen Con was fun and worth the trip from California. It was. Cool. Um, I have thoughts. Go. You'll be shocked. I have thoughts. Um, in principle, I love the idea of debrief debriefing after playing. Uh, because I think it gives everyone a chance to talk about things that happened. Um, I'm a bit less formal about it mm-hmm. than this. Um, 
I, I like the idea of questions, you know, having specific questions you ask. There are a couple of them I probably wouldn't use. Right. Uh, personally, the the votes for good role-playing and the vote for creative ideas, I probably would not do. Mm-hmm. There are a number of games that have built-in mechanics, uh, Mouse Guard leaps to mind, mm-hmm. where you um, the table votes for whether you accomplished your character's, you know, principal goal and you know things along those lines. I don't care for that mechanic. Right. Um, it, it can can turn into a you know a best buddy kind of thing where you know the it, prime example the guy always votes for his girlfriend. Right. Sure. You know, kind of thing. Um, I'm not saying that's what's going on in in Nathan's group. I think you know what Nathan's group is doing is awesome. I just um, I personally probably wouldn't be this formal about it. Right. But that's cool. Um, but I love the idea of a post-game debrief. Mm-hmm. Give everyone a chance to talk about what happened in the game, um, you know. And as the as the GM, this is when I usually try to talk the least and right. let them talk, let the let this be the players' time to talk amongst themselves. But I'm listening and I'm taking notes sure. during this because I want to hear what they have to say because this kind of feeds into Jib's rules number one, mm-hmm. which is whatever's going on in your game. Leave it back to the player characters, right. no matter what it is, right. no matter how small, no matter how you know. I mean, like um, little things that can happen in your game, like in the very first episode of your game, the one of the players comments that his mother committed suicide. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna use that later. Sure, right. I, I'd never use that, would I, Kimmy? No, no. I'd, I'd never do that. <laughs> I did that to them in the last episode of yeah. of RG Next Game. Right. Anyway, my thoughts. Galapagos? No? Well, I, I like the idea of having a list of questions. I like the idea of debriefing. Um, it seems it seems almost like homework, though. It's like every game you have the exact same questions everywhere. But I appreciate the fact that it's actually being asked. Right. Uh, sometimes as a player, you kind of just feel like, you know, it's an adversarial conversation. So, all right, man, we, you know, we caught the damn flat-footed and such. And it's kind of nice when they say, so, well, what was your favorite moment? You know, or what would... What, what you think I can do to improve? Because now all of a sudden it's breaking the game down into less of a competition, I guess. Because sure. sometimes that's still a thing. Oh yeah, um, and it allows the players to really express. And everybody's, you know, they're all part of the story together. It reinforces that, I think. Right. It's a, it's something you do. You usually yes. ask some questions, a couple of questions at the end of the thing. But I think it's, it's really important for the GM. It's more important for the GM than it is for the players, I think, because. Oftentimes, you feel like a voice crying in the wilderness. You have no idea what your players are thinking. You have no idea if you suck, because if you're like any of us, you're constantly thinking you're failing. Right. All the time, you're like, oh, my God, that sucked. Oh, my God. You know? Oh, my God. And then, I feel attacked. That's oh, so true. Oh, my God. It's, I just, yeah. I can't believe I did. They, they hated it. They hated it. And then you, you sort of ask a couple of leading questions you know, to somebody like, on the phone. Oh, so good. Like, oh, it was so good. You're like, really? <laughs> okay. That, I mean, right? yeah, of course it was. Exactly. Yeah. Go ahead. I, pick, pick it up, Katie. Uh, all right, I'm going to come at this a little bit like a teacher. Like, mm-hmm. some people really appreciate knowing the questions ahead of time so they can think about it, and some people, like Stork said, are going to feel like that's homework. Right. So I think I think sometimes that can be great. I think having a little bit more of an organic conversation might actually get you more information, like kind of all of what Jib was saying, like just having them talk about it a little bit afterwards. But if there's specific things that you want to get at, um, you know, I, th- I think like pre-prepped questions can be very helpful. I and I know people are going to be like, "Oh, you're just like one of the teachers who like 
you get the participation trophy. It's like, no, I'm not actually at all. But I do, I don't necessarily like the competitiveness of who, you know, who is the best the role best player. Role player. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, maybe that's because I play the stork and I never win that award. <laughs> <laughs> but because uh, he would always get it because he's that's, always the best role player. That's but, um, not true. <laughs> Unless Abri is here. Unless. <laughs> <laughs> no, if there's any accents involved, Abria's no. screwed. She can't. Right. She can't art role play accents to save her life. But um, love you, Bria. But um, but I I don't know. I think like having everyone go around and point and like point out a moment they loved of mm-hmm. somebody else's. Like I think that's more community group building. Everybody like it's to point out something. Oh, I loved when Stork did this. Oh, you know, I loved when you know Jib did that. And so everyone kind of gets a little bit of validation going around the table. Um, and it's not necessarily like, oh, he's the best. Right. So, And it points out more moments, which are collaborative and multiple people can be involved in. So you're giving kudos to multiple people at the table rather than like one person. Right. Um, so I think that would be a little bit less of a, uh, I don't know, a, a, a player versus player way of accomplishing the same goal at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, I, appreci- yeah. I appreciate what you're saying there because I know in classrooms you really don't want to pit the students against each other. Right. You have to go through great pains to make sure that everybody's sort of feeling equal because a little competition is, you know, maybe okay. It's sort of like, you know, all right, let's 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 see who can be quiet. I don't know. Yes. But, but uh, you know, kindergarten level blood sport make is right. really interesting. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but <laughs> having everybody vote on who is the best <laughs> role player at the table makes everybody feel really embarrassed. <laughs> oh, okay. oh. See, that, the, 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 thing, the, the questions that he put in here that I thought were most interesting is... Like, what did you learn about other characters during this session? I liked that. That, to me, I think is an awesome question to yeah. ask. and something that I had not thought of. And also, if this was a TV show, what did the audience learn about your character or uh, other characters at the table during the session? I think that those are mm-hmm. interesting questions that I don't think we've come across. That's a great yeah. question, yeah. because it gives you the third-person point of view. It's like, yeah. this is what the player was intending, this is what they did, and you as a GM go, oh, that's we're trying to do mm-hmm. when he yeah. explains to you what you think, what he thinks the audience got uh-huh. out of his performance. Right. Um, I will say, going back to the the um, role playing thing mm-hmm. uh, for just a second, um, particularly when I'm running Savage Worlds, I do a, do something slightly different. I have a particular colored uh, Benny that I give to each of the players, and this Benny is to be given to one of your fellow players when they do something in the middle of the game that's really cool. Right. So you know, somebody does something really awesome. Bang. Right. Yeah. You know, um, that way, they can reward that moment mm-hmm. in time without you know it becoming a competitive kind of thing. It becomes a, a collaborative. And, and also, it takes the onus off you a little bit to always be on the ball with giving up bennies, right. mm. which is always something that uh, I've always failed at. It's hard. The hard. one, the one thing that that I the that uh, I've always contended is that. Um, <laughs> feedback for the GM about the game, about the running of the game, mm-hmm. very rarely get helpful feedback at the table. It right. always tends to be later yeah. Yeah. that you end up getting the real honest critique about, well, you've been doing this, and because and, and, a, a lot of times people don't want to bring that stuff up at the table. Yeah. And I mentioned that in the MeWe, which I posted earlier today. <gasps> And some of the Miweans responded. <laughs> I have to say that's a fantastic name. I think Miweans. Not enough the... to make me join that social media platform. I know that's fine. But Miweans is a pretty amazing I, name. Miweans is a great name. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it works. Uh, Eric, Eric said, uh, as for comments, uh, I haven't tried this yet, but 
Was it Happy Jacks where someone suggested using a public Gmail account where everyone could post anonymously about how they feel about the campaign? Yes. Yeah. I think that was us. Yeah. I always liked that idea, even if I had not used it. I do agree that ta- the table is the worst time for it. Yeah. Usually, since my, my games are once a month, I text players about a week afterwards to sort of take a temperature of the game. I've gotten good feedback there that has helped me improve things mm-hmm. for the people. Yeah. And well, that... I think as a player, like, having some time to, like, step back and reflect, too. Because, like, we all have the moments, like, at the end of the game, usually, like, I mean, not always, but, you know, there's usually something exciting happening at the end of a session. Right. And you all kind of writing that, hi, oh, this is the best game, this is the best, oh, it's the best. As you go home, and you still have good thoughts on it, but you're, you reflect a little more, and you get actual useful thoughts. Right. That aren't just, this is the best game ever, and that's like, thanks. Yeah, see, that, that to me is a totally unhelpful thing. It's nice, it's gratifying, sure. But it's not. But it's not going to improve my game. Useful. No, no. It's not um, even telling you what about it is the greatest ever. That's, so. that's one reason why I try. I I like to leave it a little more freeform, mm-hmm. um, and just you know like you know, discuss, mm-hmm. carry on, you know, because I I like to see where their thoughts go. Yeah. Right after the game. Yeah. Right. Rather than me going, so what do you think about the thing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, um, again, also, I don't want to talk during this time. Mm-hmm. I want to. I want to. Listen to the what the table is saying mm-hmm. at that point. Yeah, right. So. If you're on a show, it's great that you get a standing ovation. You know, that's <laughs> a performance you live for. But really, you still go home and read the reviews. Oh yeah, you still really because yep. that's where you're going to figure out. You know what the nuts and bolts is. The standing ovation was great, but the reviews—that's where you they break down the show, and you're like, okay, yeah, all right, yeah. that's when you. That's where it. you get get. It's kind of like I've said over and over again. I have never learned how to stop a hockey puck better by stopping a hockey puck. But I have learned how to stop hockey pucks a lot better by digging one out of my frickin' neck. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> well, it's like it's like the Boggarts. Uh, our bass player, Ian. He gets no impro- feedback on how to improve his bass playing by looking at the audience when they're, when they're clapping. No. He gets that feedback when he looks over at me and I give him a sideward glance when he plays wrong note. <laughs> or is lagging, or yeah, dragging. Yeah. Right. Well, he doesn't drag. No. But um, every so often, he'll he'll play, he'll play a run and get like one of the notes off, and I'll hear it. No, I don't think anyone else does, but I'll be like, hmm? <laughs> and he's like, oh, and he shakes his head in sorrow and shame. But and, and not that I mean, he's a fantastic bass player. But, no, yeah. He is. But um, I, I negative feedback is what is what's going to improve what you do. Yeah. Whether it's the pain of having a hockey well, puck sticking in out of your neck, because negative feedback can or also just be the same as a standing. It's the opposite of a standing ovation, which is just it's just being negative well, and not uh, constructive criticism. Yeah, constructive criticism. Yeah, I'm not, no, I'm, you know what? I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hem and haw and and namby pamby the words. It's negative. I want to know what I did wrong, yeah. so I cannot do it again. Right. Right. That's what I want. I want that this thing happened and it sucked. Mm-hmm. Boom! I know not to do that again. Rather than just it sucked. Well, that's, you know, that's just that. Yeah, yes, yeah. um, I, I it, think it, the constructive thing that it doesn't even have to. We're going I don't to even need constructive. Specific yes, is specific. what I need. Yeah, okay, I need, that's fair. This I think thing that's sucked. What we were, what we were right. driving at with that was at, it. It's meaningful and and there's specificity. Specificity. Yeah, there. and I think that that's also something that players need to remember too. Is like when your player asks you how, or when your GM asks you how it was, he's not asking it to be polite. He genuinely wants to know. And if there was something wrong, tell them. Yeah. And, and usually, y- yes, there are GMs <laughs> that will ask that. And and like, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> and if he doesn't really want to know, fuck him. Or she. Right. And you'll know. Yeah. And you'll know because they just argue. Thank you. <laughs> No, 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 no. Yes. Yeah. If they argue back with you. Right. Um, 
You know, I was just thinking uh, that question about uh, what um, would be the one thing the audience would ta- remember or learn about your character. That's actually a really good question for us with helping us with recaps for the next session. <laughs> yeah. That's true. It like, is, yeah. Because, if you, I mean, what happens, like, is important as well, but it's almost more important, like, what was one thing we learned about each character in the last game? It's like, oh. Right. that's almost as important as the audience knowing, like, what actually happened. Right. Because yeah. that was, like, the... And that kind of feedback thing. also encourages the players to play characters that are maybe m- a little more three-dimensional. Yeah. Uh, characters that will grow during the game Absolutely. or evolve in some way, I yeah. think, too. Yeah. yeah. That's a really... I, that's I, I really like that question. Yeah. I think, I, I think his, his early questions are awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But I, I, I kind of agree about the sort of competitive nature of who was the best role, who yeah. was the best role player. Although a best moment, not necessarily, isn't necessarily competitive. Yeah, and just having everybody share like a great, like different moments, different things. So it's not, so it's not like you are the best. I think we can agree. I mean, regardless of the questions you ask, that having uh, questions yeah. at the end and having a having a debriefing mm-hmm. is important. Is valuable. Yeah. Yes. Uh, totally we, can, we can nitpick about the. I would almost say. I would almost say to do it at the beginning of the next session. Ooh. Give the players time to cogitate over the whole mm-hmm. thing, and then ask at, if they can remember mm-hmm. what right. happened. Well, I mean, there is that problem. Well, you know, because <laughs> we have aging uh, players, yeah. and we play but every two weeks. I think that's <laughs> a point, though, because I think that the things that really stick out for them are going to stick with them. This is true. And I think they, so. And if you you raise a question at the beginning of the next game. And they're like, um, you know, <laughs> then that's fine. Right. But if something really struck them during a game, that's going to stay. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. And they'll remember that. That moment when I mm-hmm. wanted to use that one thing that I paid money for on my character sheet that I didn't get to use. Yeah. Right. I'm going to remember that in two weeks. <laughs> oh, yes. I'm going to remember that I paid a shit ton of points for persu- for persuasion. And when I wanted to do persuasion, you blew me. You blew it off, yeah. right? R- rather than letting me roll or whatever. Right. Yeah. yeah, you didn't. You know, my you didn't make my thing meaningful, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. All right. Thank you very much, Nathan, for the yeah. compelling email. Yeah, we appreciate good it. email. Good, good email. Like Next email, two in character from Tarolin. Who would like to read two in character? It's two T O O. Two in character. Two in character. I'll read this one. All right, go. Okay. Greetings and happy holidays of all flavors, beloved Jackers. Longtime listener, found you around season 14. Listen back to season 1.1 wow. as I also listen forward. First time writer. So, wait, 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 wait. I'm sorry. He listened from the middle out. Yes. Oh, God. Yes. <laughs> yeah, people have done that. Yes. That's so if you want to watch the show degenerate. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We're really degenerating and going we both are. directions. So they, they started at the peak, and now they're just going down both ways. All right. Um, so Hi. a story that leads to a question. In a superhero game, there were two players, me and Dude. Dude is capitalized. Information, man. Yeah. Oh, wait. I got, I got a Dude outtake. Where they is do? it? Hold on. Yeah. You know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. I've got information, man. Right. New shit yeah. has come to life. New shit no, has come that's to that's life. <laughs> there, I got dude. All right. <clears throat> I played a cat burglar. Rules, uh, cat burglar, uh, in quotes, rules are inconvenience. Quote, trying to be reformed. Crooked hero. CB. CB, cat burglar. Yeah. Got it. Crooked dude, hero. Dude, played Earth's newest Green Lantern, GL. Law and order on a galactic scale. Right. The game has been running for quite a while, and we all had a really good handle on our characters. Uh, uh, 
CB had a temper, so that's the cat that's his ca- cat, cat burglar. burglar. His character. Uh, and we were wrapping up a scenario where the mastermind had pa- uh, messed with a friend of hers. Cat bur- burglar had seen this job as par- uh, partial atonement for her past crimes. She was keep, uh, helping to take down some bigger criminals. After the battle with the mastermind's superpower minions, Cat Burglar and Green Lantern were tasked with bringing in the mastermind. Then, out of the blue, Green Lantern ditched her, saying she wasn't trustworthy to be uh, in on the arrest. He went off and handled things himself. Cat Burglar was stunned. She was not trusted, not a real team member. That previously mentioned temper flared, and she quit the team. Dude, and I leaned back from the table, and GM was like, what the fuck just happened? Now, Dude and I were fine. In character stayed pretty much in character. Still, this was a bit of a mess. So we wrapped the session. Next week, the GM says, We need to deal with this. Dude and I agreed. Here's a plan. A neutral NPC will bring Cat Burglar and Green Lantern together. We'll have them hash it out, and we can get uh, them back on the team. And here's the crux of it. We started both of those players fully intending for our characters to patch things up. But when we switched to PCs in our heads, it was like we could not make ah. it happen. I love it. <laughs> Green Lantern would say something, and then Cat Burglar would react the wrong way. Boom. Green Lantern would get defensive, and Cat Burglar would start crying. <laughs> then Green Lantern would get all stony. After like 20 minutes, the GM stepped back in. Both Dude and I were totally in our characters' heads, and what I've heard called deep immersion. <laughs> Even though both players wanted to end with kisses and hugs, the characters could not let it happen. I need a DM at my dinner conversations <laughs> with my wife. <laughs> <laughs> so, my question. Have you ever been so deep into your character that it has uh, started doing things you did not want it to? No, not like, quote, it's totally in character for me to do the stupid thing, quote, end quote, when it's obvious the player wanted to do the stupid thing, Yours, Turlin. P.S. Could Dave quote end stimulation? Simulation. End simulation. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sometimes the mouth says what it wants it to does. say. <laughs> I love you, Dave. What can I say? End uh, simulation and crew evaluations. Brilliant. P.P.S. Stu, run a 1920s game so Kimmy can play Dorothy again. That flapper needs more screen time. P.P.P.S. Imbibe. Imbibe. Huzzah! Can you do it in Dorothy accent? All right, you gotta invite boys. <laughs> um, okay, yeah. So it's awesome. Have have things ever? Sp- I'm just gonna wrap this up in a bow. Have things ever spiraled out of all sanity and gone totally pear shaped? Just watch the last <laughs> Warhammer game on Shadowcon. <laughs> <laughs> Prime example. Um, and I'm not sure how we're going to fix it yet. We're going to, but I'm not sure how yet. <laughs> I feel like Stork and I have had these moments before. Mac and I really got into it at one point too. But yeah. yeah, I tend to just I think I think me as a person just rubs you the wrong way anyway. But then we then we can bring it out in characters. <laughs> it's funny because it's like the opposite. Like you and I, I feel like we get along really well, like as friends. And then no matter what we do for characters, and Mac and I are the same way. Like Mac's one of my best friends too, and so is Stork. But it's like no matter what characters we make. Like, they always annoy the shit out of each other. So she and I will be sitting there talking. We're like, oh, my gosh, your makeup's great. Oh, we should go shopping. Oh, let's go see Aquaman together. He's so hot. Blah, 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 blah. And then we get in character and we're like, we hate each other. We hate each other. You are my enemy. I hope you die. Oh, yeah, so Aquaman this weekend. Okay, with mimosas, yes. Like, I, amazing. I'm going to resurrect the Oppenheimer story. 
Because <laughs> it's exactly this. This is exactly what happened. Uh-huh. Bill was running a Champions game, mm. which is the hero superhero, hero system superhero yep. game. I made a character called Dr. Manhattan, who was this guy who had uh, been in a nuclear, working in a nuclear power plant somewhere in Nevada and he got dosed with radiation and ended up having superpowers. And then his, his wife and newborn child were killed, and the guy who killed them uh, got off on a technicality, so he's like Batman with no moral center whatsoever. And nuclear powers. And nuclear powers. I like it. So one of the other characters, I don't remember his character's name, and I don't remember the guy who played him, but he was from the future, and he was in like a battle suit, like a... Uh, like a fallout armor kind of thing. Yeah, that kind of thing, right? And uh, he was trying to organize a super team for the city. He and was your booster gold. I don't know what that means. Okay. Uh, and so they, they had asked me to join this team, and there were five or six. I think it was six, maybe seven players. There were quite a few players. Yeah. And so the first session, I think we went two sessions before things blew up. <laughs> the first session, there were a lot of meetings. And there was like one little skirmish with a villain, maybe. There may not even been a skirmish with a villain. And then on... Uh, what? No. Oh. And then on uh, the second session, I started getting a little stir-crazy. And I'm like, uh, we're, we're supposed to be fighting crime, not going to meetings. <laughs> so I picked took one of the other characters, and I said, let's go out on the streets, let's go patrol. So we go patrol, and we're like on top of buildings. Because I could kind of, not fly, but kind of float. Because mm-hmm. of nuclear. And so we were like up on top of the building. He says that like it's science. It's science. I'm nuclear. <laughs> and we're up on top of this uh, nuclear uh, tall yeah. building. Uh, I'm nuclear. <laughs> we're up on top of this building, and there's some kid steals this woman's purse. He's a teenager, so I like come down and dose him. <gasps> I don't remember exactly if I killed him or not. He had no business being alive after that because I, I probably did. So that of course causes this big hubbub. With the city and who are these madmen that you're trying to make, create a super team with? Blah 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 blah. And then there was a big, n- not not fight, but big argument between me and the dude from the future about how Allie. one should handle <laughs> how one should handle crime fighting. <laughs> and I had a very black and white view of it, and he had a very shades of gray view of it, and we. This session got, not personally, but in character, got super, super heated. Right. To the point where we kind of sort of ended the session, and the, the guy who was playing the future, the guy from the future says, I don't think these characters would ever work together again. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I think you're right. So I took my character sheet and I handed it to Bill and I says, there's a good villain for you. Ah. <laughs> and then I made a character who was moot. Mm-hmm. Mute. And moot. Turns that out. He was a speedster who well. couldn't talk. Because <laughs> he outran his words. I never thought of that. (laughs) (laughs) But it was a very similar situation, but we didn't try to resolve it. And maybe you shouldn't have either. Maybe it's like one of you needs to, like, hand the character over and make another character Mm -hmm. that will be more compatible with them. Right. You know, because this is long before anyone thought about making characters that could work well together. (laughs) I will will say, I've I've seen this scenario, you know, multiple times, and it's not an invalid scenario by any stretch in the imagination. That said, I will also say, we engage the game on different levels at different times. Sure. And sometimes you engage as your character. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you engage as a player 
sitting around a table with a bunch of friends. Right. And sometimes you engage because you're playing a fucking game. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you have to step back from that immersion thing and right. go, whoa, 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 whoa. What's the right choice to make for, you know, from a game standpoint? Or what's the right choice to make from a player standpoint? Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that's not wrong either. Right. Yeah, I think... You know, I mean, this wasn't. This was. We were totally in character, I and mean, we were like standing up, yelling at each other. Yeah, it was yeah. awesome. But as soon as the game was over, we were like, "Yeah, I don't think our characters are ever going to work yeah. together." <laughs> so, let me ask you this because this kind of maybe leads into what I was asking. Was there any bleed, any fallout in real life? Because Absolutely of this not. Argument? No, none at all. Because I have seen that happen, and I think sure. it's a it's a thing that can happen. We, you know, it's, yeah. it's bleed where where you get so caught up in the game, you get so caught up in your characters, and, and maybe session after session. Sometimes it's it's. You know, somebody's character killed another character, right? Right, and now they're pissed in real life at that person. Mm-hmm. It's it can be it, it can be dangerous and I, it can be really intense. I can see that could happen if you if you were playing characters who are sort of versions of yourself, mm-hmm. kind of. Or you, know, you know what I mean? Or like idealized, or you just get caught up. I right, mean, you invest. But so I mean, much. I was I was playing a character that I don't agree with, making mm-hmm. arguments I would never make. You know yes. what I mean? Well, and I, I think. I was basically kind of like the devil's advocate, and my character was the devil. Right. <laughs> I've also, like, I've had moments, like, most of the time when I get upset or frustrated with another player, it's not those arguments in character. Like, I love those. Those are fantastic. Like, Gina and I had some, like, dra- knockdown, drag out arguments in our Dead Rain game. <laughs> and, you know, sisters, Hickory just sisters right. yelling at each other. Like, you're, you know, just like awful things from our family, and that never made me like mad in real life. Right. Like because that's part of the role play, that's part of the experience. But there have been times where, you know, I've been playing at a table and somebody does something that is like metagamey, or they do something that like, oh, I'm, you know, you know, there's just all those things that aren't necessarily the characters antagonizing each other. It's those mm-hmm. moments that they're not being a cooperative player or whatever. Right. And those tend to be the things that get me mad out of character. Right. So I don't necessarily necessarily even think that... I, I mean, for some people, and maybe they are connected. For me, that yelling in character is not something that is usually connected with my real emotions as a person. Right. Like, it's the frustration about other things that... Those sometimes start to bleed into my role-playing, but I've never had it go the other way, where I was angry in character, and that spilled out into... Uh, my real emotions. I've had sometimes my real emotions spill into like I'm really frustrated that you you know dragged us all into combat when it was unnecessary. Stork. <laughs> That's just the easiest example. That, that was a time when players about. were generally mad at yeah. mad at another <laughs> yeah. player. And then that sometimes bleeds into your character, but not necessarily without good reason. Right. But uh, just citing that one particular example because everybody knows that backstory. So. Yeah, going down the hallway. <laughs> yeah. yeah, going down the hallway. Yeah. powers. Yeah. You wanted to try them out. It was a fantastic moment. And it that was is very now... in keeping with the character. Yeah, and you guys were going to fight them all anyway. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it is now the Everyone. most famous Happy yes. Jacks moment yeah. other than maybe the Hedge Mage. Like those two are like people right. were genuinely yeah. mad at me. I mean, oh, yeah. At no, me. Oh, Not yeah. Not my character, Number but three. at me. Number three. Which, which Cheeseburger. Oh yeah, that's not a character. It's not moment, even though. our moment. It's no. just no, but, but it's famous. It's yeah, that's something. gross. That's oh. gross. I I I can totally <laughs> see Casper. it. It takes a maturity level because I remember when we were younger. There, there was a guy that was playing an assassin and he was being a dick and he was stealing stuff or whatever. And the rest of the group ganged up and killed his character. 
And he was mad. He came back with another. He and the GM worked something out. And he came back with another character. And we could tell already it was just going to be. It was just a vindictive thing. Right. Uh-huh. He was like, "You guys killed me. I'm going to bring in another guy." Oh, we had. And we're like, "You were like, Chris, we're you know, 14 and 15 or whatever, and so we're not mature enough to basically role play. And at this point, it was, it was the PC and the player were one. Yeah. There yeah. was no. There was no right. difference. Right. I literally had the, the, the game where, my GURPS game, there were a lot of player characters. I ran the GURPS fantasy game through college. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of player characters that died at the hands of other player characters. Yeah. It happened on more than one occasion. Yes. I was running, uh, well, to tell you, give you context of when this was, it was a D&D first edition game. Okay. <laughs> and um, I had really you know heinous, evil critical hit tables mm-hmm. that I used. And I had... Fourteen players oh. in this game. <laughs> oh my god! You can do that with first, first edition, and you shouldn't, but you can. But they're cruising along, and they start squabbling, and they, and it starts to escalate, and it escalates, and and it finally gets to a point where weapons get drawn. Right. Okay. One round later, there were three people left standing. Oh. <laughs> and the three of them are looking at each other, going, "What the fuck just happened?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had we, we had one one session where two of the players colluded to kill a th- the third character because mm-hmm. they felt his character was dangerous because he was like paranoid, delusional, and a very 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 powerful mage. And he, he one of his delusion was that there are demons possessing my friends or something like that. It's oh, like, there are demons that possess people, and people can be possessed easily. And they're trying the demons are trying to get me. I mean, he had like a very severe delusions. And then I had I an, another yeah. another player played made a character. And the, the the two players kind of rubbed each other the wrong way sometimes. Not all the time, but once in a while. And this happened to be a moment when they were rubbing each other the wrong way. Mm-hmm. And the char- one of the two characters um, decided to goad the other character. And the other character was a, had a sword, and he was very dexterous. And he started cutting limbs off. <laughs> like It's like, I want to fast draw my, my sword. I succeeded by this amount. And then I'm going to all-out attack uh, to his uh, sword arm. And I rolled this amount of damage. Okay, that, that lops his arm off. A defense roll, failed. Okay, yeah, you lop his arm off. And then he took one other limb and then killed him. Wow. <laughs> so Is that, that a flesh wound? Right. Exa- right. Exa- except it's GURP, so you don't get to actually talk after no. that happens. <laughs> but then, that, that player who has character died, literally, and I shit you not, Made his dead character's brother. brother. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And we're not teenagers. We're in our twenties when this is happening. Yep. <laughs> yep. That's fantastic. I love that stuff. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, but it's not productive because then it's just you know. But it's a game. Yeah. If everyone's having fun, I was having fun. I'm like all the way through. Yeah. <laughs> as long as the players the walk away from it going, <laughs> yeah. You know, you know, oh my god, that was beautiful. Thank you for taking that yeah, ride with it me. It didn't really happen when I went. Yeah, um, like we had some pretty heated moments in our Gene X game mm-hmm. when things got pretty exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, but when we'd walk away from the table, it was like, "Yeah, that was beautiful. Yeah. Right, that was great. Right, <laughs> yeah. So. Well, and, and that that kind of inner character co- in, in, inter character conflict can be very interesting. Yeah, yeah. And it can make it, it it can become part of the story as long as it doesn't completely derail everything. Right. right. I think it's fine. When when characters are actually plotting about killing each other at this point today, older mellower Stu would be like, "Let's figure out another way to 
<laughs> How about your characters just part ways and someone just make a new character? Yeah. If, 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 if these characters literally aren't going to be able to work together at all, A, I kind of failed as a GM because I should be able to make things dangerous or scary enough where they're going to work together anyway. Yeah. Right. But every sometimes you just can't, it just doesn't work. And if yeah. you get to that point... Mm-hmm. One option the GM had in this moment would have been to bring in Nick Fury and right. gone, you are a team. Yeah. Figure it out. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. You know, I mean, and, and you know, maybe they would have fought and scrabbled the whole time, but that'd be so fun. You know, for <laughs> me, that would be fun. Yeah. And right. then you put one of them in danger, mm-hmm. and, and in real danger. Right. And you know, let the other one be the, the only one that can can fix it. Are you going to admit that you need my help now? Yeah. No. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and if we've learned anything from romantic comedies, the fact that they hate each other means they're going to fall in love. <laughs> or they're brother and sister. Or they're brother and sister. Right. Yeah, or both. That'd and might also fall in love. Star Wars. Star Wars. It's okay. Not Game of Thrones. Star Wars. They oh. actually, actually fall in love. They, they figured smitten. it out before they did right. that. Yeah. They did kiss. Yeah. They, they figured they, Ew. <laughs> Game of Thrones, they made a bunch of kids. So, ew. Yeah. It, it, oh it, yeah, Game of, Game of Thrones took that to a whole new level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Turn yeah. that one to eleven. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> All right. All right. Horror story. Thank you very much, Tarlin, for the email. Yes. We appreciate thank you for it. writing. Write again. Yes. I'll go. <laughs> Sad horror story from Nicholas and Sweden. Greetings, Jackers. I've been listening and writing in for over four years now. Wow. My last email was over a year ago. We Get know. On it. Uh, knowing this would have to be Time the next one. <laughs> I to write. I consider it a horror story, even if it's more sad than horrific. <clears throat> Saddest of all might be that I was playing with my favorite group of friends, playing my favorite campaign that had been running for years. The story begins a few hours before the session. Two forgetful players had just realized that an old classmate would be staying with them over the weekend. He wanted to join us. Game night was saved. They promised to help him make a character prior to the game. <clears throat> Session starts, and our GM is surprised to know that we'll be having a new player joining us. Bad form. They didn't tell the GM? Should have told the GM first. Yeah. We started spitballing how to introduce a new character to the group. Why any sane person would be found wandering alone in the orc-ridden badlands. Why would anyone trust such a maniac? <laughs> Upon their very late arrival, it becomes obvious that they had done so much catching up, but no actual game prep. Oh, no. Soon begins a short introduction to RP, rules, setting, history, objectives, and so on. Which brings us back to the main issue, who to play. Every idea is shut down and vetoed. Finally, we can agree that no one will be pleased, and so we take the solution that's let us play the fastest. The timid boy abandoned months ago has been with us all along. He even had a character sheet readily available. We only need to bump up a few stats, and we are ready to go. For time, I will keep to the key events. I'm not going to read the next line. That, Our, that, that's pictures of the characters. Yes. Yeah. Our party of five consists of a warrior priest, a knight, a pistolier, and my prophet, and the priest's young and feeble squire. He has done push-ups all night, every night, since we last <laughs> remember him. <laughs> Our sole mission, to find the last holy artifact prophesied through visions and dreams. I, I'm suddenly getting like, like a, a total Rocky montage here. This little guy. Punching the meat, and he's running up the stairs of the abandoned temple. Right. Anyway, sorry. Our pilgrimage takes us to an abandoned dwarven stronghold. 
My Prophet takes the lead, carrying both our artifacts that radiate magic and light. A trap is triggered, and I sacrifice all my equipment to ensure that the artifacts and mission is secure. The Prophet is now unarmed, and much of the Russians have been lost. There are some general there's some general dissatisfaction, but we push on. We advance slowly, now much more aware of dwarven traps. We sneak past epic battles between the Greenskin and Ratman hordes. Orcs seem to be winning. I have a feeling they were playing Warhammer. Mm, Orcs yeah, maybe. seem to be winning. Yep, like While it. investigating an empty chamber, we hear footsteps. While hiding, we see a couple of Skaven. Yep, they're playing Warhammer. Yep. Sprint past us, terrified. Soon after, the thundering steps of something massive approaches. While the party shelters in there in their old hiding spots, I urge them to follow the Ratmen. Surely we can't hide behind stone pillars if the room is swarmed by an endless horde of greenskins. Soon after, I panic and rush after the vermin, deeper into the unknown. I was half expecting the party to follow, but they didn't. I'm still annoyed how my assumptions were, were contradicted. Here are the three worst defenders. The thundering horde of greenskins turns out to be a single troll. What? They brought a cave troll. <laughs> they brought a cave troll. The troll ignores the hiding humans as his sole interest are the long-gone rat men. The rats were not native to the dungeon and have run into a quarter that is also a dead end. This leaves me alone and unarmed with the rat men. Uh-oh. And as in real life, when a rat gets cornered, they attack. Behind me comes a massive troll. <laughs> the party swoops in and saves the day. They were epic where I was not. Uh-oh. This time they are fed up with the shenanigans. The squire takes the initiative, jumps me to take the artifacts. There were never there was never discussion, only a fight, and even fight going nowhere. The pistolier, who invited the new player, joins him while the other player watches. I stop resisting when the knights say that it's too great a risk for anyone to carry both artifacts. The squire and pistolier take one each. Excuse me. When the session finally ends, I was frustrated with the turn of events. Uh, yeah. Understandable. No longer a prophet among friends, much more resembling Gollum following his ring. Uh, the long exposure to the artifacts has even warped my appearance. Grayish skin with thin white hair. Sounds Gollumish. Mm-hmm. After a few days, I decide to embrace it. Just like Gollum, I would gain their trust, initiate small schemes that might reunite me with my precious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Next session, we are back to the four core players. GM has handed control to the squire. He states that the squire was never there. <laughs> All his actions were done by the pistolier, who now carries both artifacts. What? What? I'm baffled. This makes him the one who jumped me, double teaming, teaming me into submission, while the others tell me to surrender. Single teaming, because there's only one now. Yeah, <laughs> well, maybe he's schizophrenic. Yeah. No. Ah, there you go. Uh, uh, while the others, Tyler Durden. <laughs> exactly. uh, he's a pistolier. He's got two pistols. Yeah. There you go. Uh, Ice and fire. Yeah. The Very others cold. tell me. To surrender, as the two artifacts are too great a risk to be carried by one man alone, only to have the pistolier carry both of them instead. Right. The campaign and relationships between characters made no sense to me. Understandable. Yeah. It all felt pointless. This had been a meaningful campaign. Strict time records and all. Ah, <laughs> it was meaningful. See? It was meaningful. Ew. On top of all that, my schemes were shut down as they could derail the campaign or make the other players angry with the GM for enabling them. In short... The following sessions really sucked, and I saw no way to go from there. I considered to quit gaming altogether before I eventually retired the character to start off in a clean slate. I can't say anyone behaved badly. I disagree. Um, it was just the perfect storm of circumstances. It made me aware that things I valued most about the game are, is far less important 
to my friends. It still lingers in the back of my mind when we play. Yes, on an unrelated note, I had to write in after hearing some of you guys have picked up Warhammer 4th Edition. <laughs> yep. In that very same episode, you brought up the old discussion of sandboxes that I think started with an old email of mine back in 2015. Yep, very well may have. <laughs> I'd love to give my short definition on how I view it. Sandbox. These plot points might happen in any order. Railroad. These plot points must happen in this order. Yeah. Uh, not really for me. Not really my my spin, but okay. I'll make sure to write with write in on a happier, jackier note next time. Um. Wow. <laughs> that sucks. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> it was the new guy's fault. It was. It, it, it was the FNG's guy. FNG's yeah, fault. It um, was the new guy. Well, and it doesn't make sense for the GM when that character suddenly disappeared. It's like, okay, so you have this now NPC with an artifact. It's just like, just give that one artifact back to him. Right. Like, just have or just play it as an NPC. Squire died of dysentery. Here's the artifact back. Or just play him as an NPC. Yeah. Well, see, that's kind of my spin on it. Yeah, the squire's gone. The squire's gone. And he took the artifact. Oh, oh there you go. Oh, there you go. <laughs> He went and sold it. Yeah, you know, <laughs> that'd be amazing. Um, you know, just because that yeah. would. Um, I see some points of GM fail mm-hmm. in, in this email. Um, things like you know, not taking the venue forward, not letting the thing play out the way it, it was going to play out. Mm-hmm. You know, because um, you had a player who spent a lot of time and effort trying to salvage what had happened to make something meaningful for his character. Mm-hmm. Right. And you basically cock-blocked him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, that's that's a fail, in my opinion. Right. You also yeah. had players bring a new player without checking with the GM first, or at least giving them a heads up. Yeah. Right. That's Because the GM could have come up with an NPC yeah. form right. to play. Yeah. Right. And I, think, um, I think that's the thing, too. It's like, all right, you're, if you're bringing someone and you've got no... Uh, you've given them no notice. You know they've obviously. It does. It sounds like they haven't role played a bunch before because they had to explain like everything to him. This is role right. Playing. Well, it could have been. It could have been that particular game. Who yeah, knows? or whatever. Yeah. But, yeah, and the guy and the guy rushes in like a bull in a china shop. Right. Like right. that's the thing. It's like okay, you walk in like that. You take what the GM kind of gives you, especially if you know it's only for one session. Like hey, they're in town for one week. We want them to play. It's like all right, you find a prisoner in one of the orc caves or whatever. You free them, and they're going to be with you until you can get out of the cave, whatever it is. Right. So there's a reason there, and you don't let them take the most important artifact because they're a new person that you don't necessarily the, know super well. Is it going to ever be back? Yeah. Right. So it's like, okay, I get wanting your friend from out of town to have a good time, but especially when you know it's a one-off, like you don't give them the most important, you don't, and you don't expect the GM to give them right. Right. the most important thing in your campaign. <laughs> yes. The, the player owned up to his fail. He said that he failed. You know, he he basically was hoping everybody would follow him. Let's do it! And he chases after the rat creatures and looks around and everybody else is standing back there going, uh-uh. So, so he ends up getting cornered by the troll and he owned up to that. But then he was baffled when the other players were like, you're a jackass. We're, we're taking these artifacts from you now because you can't be trusted. Yeah, that's that was lame. But it, Well, I don't know. Because in a, in a way, I could totally see... <laughs> I, I, I could have seen Ransom doing that And you guys going you, You're a freaking jerk Why would you do that You have the, all the artifacts You don't just run ahead We're taking them from you And I could see What would happen if, he, if the troll had killed you And eaten the artifacts and, and he, Or taken them Or right. they'd gotten a hold of them And transferred Who knows right? right But that would have been people Who were like Long time members of that campaign 
Like if someone who dropped into that campaign yeah. was like, "No, Ransom can't have it. I'm going to have it, even though I'm not going to be here next week." Right. Like that would have been bullshit. Well, like we would that wouldn't. We, I don't think we would have let that happen. That would that would be lame. Yeah, that's next level BS. Yeah, because because yes. Ransom is an important part of the campaign, even if he makes dumb decisions sometimes. You know where this person is not going to be around the next week. So if that person maybe instigated that conversation, like, oh, I don't know if we can trust this this you know sorcerer who runs off by himself. Okay, maybe he starts that conversation, but you don't let it's, it. It sounds like that's the character that started the fight, like without even saying anything, like it, just it, tried to steal. It's unclear, but I can totally see how that that could happen. Like here, here's the, the thing: is is I I think you're right. They wanted to make sure the new player had a good time, yeah, and therefore they weren't being mindful of. Uh, their character, the, o- character the overall health of the game. Yeah, yeah the yeah. collaborative storytelling piece went right. away in favor of let's give our buddy a good night. Right. And it, role playing games are fun, but they shouldn't be like one night at a strip club fun, where like there's only that one night, and no one speaks of it again. Like it's a long term right. thing most of what, the time. What, in hindsight, what in Warhammer stays. <laughs> what, what, yeah. In hindsight, what probably would have been best for this situation would be to take the the. The, the larger meta plot mm. and kind of set it to the side and have like a little side adventure. That yeah. would have been ideal, yeah. yeah. And let have and, and let that adventure happen. Not even mention the fact that you're carrying artifacts or do anything that has to do with the artifacts, but just give them like a little one shot. Right. Mm. Which would have been a lot easier if they had notified the GM that this was ahead of time. Yes. yes. <laughs> I feel like that's the big exactly. the biggest problem. Yeah. Which also would have given the GM the opportunity to go, okay, how's this going to impact the game? Yeah. What's you know, what do we need how do I, you know, wrangle this to mm. make it you know and make it work. And it also takes um, some mature storytellers because I'm not sure I would have thought of that on the, on the spur of the moment. I would have been like, well, we got to continue on with the game. All the players want to continue on with the right. game. It's up to me to facilitate this. Well, in, in hindsight, you're right. It would have been like, okay, guys, it would take a mature GM to go, okay, guys, let's do a side. We're going we're gonna to do an aside. We're going to do a... Right, a little sidebar. A sidebar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a mature storytelling. It's a mature GM decision. I'm also not under the pressure of actually running the game at this moment. Yeah. So it's a lot easier to come up with those ideas. Right. Right. You don't have pressure. a bunch of people sitting there staring at you. Right. Here's the new guy we just brought. Right. We didn't tell you about. Yeah. It's Warhammer, so it's not like PVT where you can just make it up. Like. And we're so excited to play because we haven't played in a month. So yeah. we're really excited to see what you have planned for so us. Now, uh, 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 from uh, biology. Uh, yeah. Right. <laughs> 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 well, he was from out of town. People should, shouldn't travel. Stay, stay where you're from. <laughs> don't listen to him. Yeah, don't. But give your GM a heads up if you don't. Don't move player. around. Yeah, play something else for a night. Like, yeah, that's a great opportunity to try different. That, that's a, gr- a great idea. It's like, oh, new guy. Okay, tell you what, we're gonna set the campaign aside for the night. Yeah. And I have this other game that I've been wanting to run that takes us five minutes to roll up characters. Yeah. Go. It's called Bushy right. Bushy Bushy. This is the thing. <laughs> we just drink. Fiasco. Welcome. <laughs> you know, yeah. here, here's some fiasco. Ten here's candles. here's some here here's some malice. Here's yeah. some, right. Yeah. Here here's here's my favorite little PBTA game. Here's playbooks. Pick one. Yeah. Or or just an orc murder mystery in the middle of the swamp. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. But yeah. the the idea is. But the GM, of course, has to know. But the GM yeah. has to be has to be on his toes and thinking about any. You kind of need to know about that Aware. ahead of time, yeah. And you know, people need to have a level of maturity. Now, what? things having gone sideways the way they did in the session, as the GM, I think that I might have gone afterwards, going, "Hmm, this is weird." Okay, okay, let's everybody put our heads together and figure out how we're going to wrangle this mm-hmm. 
and we'll retcon if we have to. Yeah. But wrangle this so that we we truck we truck on. Right. Well, and the GM didn't help next session when he when he just retconned everything. Like it didn't happen. And oh, but when it some of it happened because clearly you've got all the artifacts right. now. Yeah. And the lack of the artifacts now affects your characters. So right. here's the, all right. that. So he did put some thought into screwing this guy over. Well, yeah, and he had sacrificed all of his stuff in yeah. the previous set. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, it also sounds like the player never told the GM how he felt. That that is also possible. That's, that's like, entirely possible. Said, and it seems like he just kind of like so, went with it and was like, "Oh, this sucks. I'm unhappy, but he, he I'm gonna just retire s- this character and not talk about do it." Do Scandinavians so talk about their feelings? Stork? Nope. Okay. Okay. <laughs> the crux of this, though, that we get back to, is something we've said oh once or twice, and that is have a grown-up conversation. Right. <laughs> He right. may have also just been well, so blindsided by what just happened. I think he was. Yeah. And I think he, was. he may have been expecting something else that may have come of it. All right, I'll roll with this. I'll roll with this. Okay. This, yeah. is, this has been fun for the last couple of years. I'll roll with this. And you're like, okay, this Wait, what just what happened? Just happened? <laughs> yeah. right. Exactly. Uh, and I will say that I'm very sorry that this made you consider giving up RPGs, and I'm very glad that you did not. Yes. yes. Especially because we like your emails. Here, yeah. here. But also because RP. Is super fun, but also mostly the emails. We, we need your emails. Yeah, we need your, and yeah. what else are you going to do in the bleak midwinters of Sweden if you're not role playing? Masturbate. Well, There's always okay, that. That's twenty minutes. And then what do you do? <laughs> uh, it takes you have a sandwich and go back. Oh, um, <laughs> I got CBS. What is it called? All Access. Because I wanted. I finally broke down. I wanted to watch the new Star Trek. Mm. Okay. It's like five bucks a month or six bucks a month or something right. like that. Which I was like, it was a big fuck you to all the Star Trek fans, right? But I went ahead and got it. I'm only on the second episode of it. Mm-hmm. It's really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm it's digging sense. it so far. It takes place before the original series. Nice. They've they discovery they've, right? Yeah. yeah. They they've redesigned the the um, I was going to say orcs. They redesigned the Klingons again. Yes. They're in a transitional phase still. No, no, they look totally different. Oh, okay. They look totally different. They don't have yes. lobster heads anymore. Uh, they kind of do, but they don't have none of them have hair. Okay. Or beards. Um, and they ha- are wearing a lot more prosthetics on their face. Okay. I mean, they, and they have like these. Yeah, they. they I mean, they, they still look a little cling on ish, but the sort of like, kind of like quasi cling on samurai look they had in like next gen and those things. Okay. You know, well, they didn't have like you know top knots, but they with the big hair. You know, yeah. sort of like the quasi barbarian. Right. Yeah. Mongolian. Yeah, Mongolian ons No, th- that's gone. Okay. They're, they look like aliens. They're still qua- they're still bipeds, mm. but <laughs> but other than that, they don't look a lot like Klingons anymore. Isn't the backstory that their sun or moon or something has been irradiating them slowly, so they've been mutating? I don't think there's a backstory slowly. explaining why there is discovery. There is there is a backstory in Enterprise as to why some Klingons look like they did in the original series, and why some of them look like. Um, Lobster heads, yeah. Uh, lobster heads, and that's because of uh, the uh, uh, I'm going to call him Reverend Sun Young Moon, but that's not his name, Doctor Sung. Yeah, that's it. Right, because of the he had the the virus that that uh, this, that makes makes people superhuman because of the 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 con storyline, yes. right? Because the con storyline kind of starts in Enterprise now, because mm. it goes back to him and he yeah. was involved in the genetic manipulations. So there are Klingons who were genetically manipulated and look a little more human. That those are the Klingons of the original series now. Yeah. Okay. And that's actually I think they explain that 
That's actually, I think it's explained in DS9. I think Worf mentions the fact that they go, I think they, they, they there's a Mirror Darkly episode or something like that. Maybe. That I didn't keep up on all the lore. The last I had heard is that they were being irradiated by their... If this was comic books, you'd be so totally interested. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, they and you would have gotten my booster gold, uh, my booster gold joke. If it, we, you know I, comic books, I don't know comic books. But, but you'd yeah, like booster gold. He's a that, corporate superhero. That's yeah. the, the, the the discrepancy between those series has been explained. This new one, to my knowledge, has not been explained. Cool. As of yet. All right. Oh, maybe they learn to grow hair. Maybe they the Klingons invent Rogaine between. Discovery and the original, or series. maybe that's just like their style changed. Maybe. It could be like, no, but the, I mean the, their facial features are dramatically different. Oh, okay. Because they're basically people with a prosthetic on their foreheads that looks like a soft yeah. shell crab. Yeah. Right. These are not. Oh, okay. These are very different. Yeah. Interesting. I'm sure they've got some reason why. I think it was just a design choice, and the guy who's who's doing it is like, "Fuck you! I don't care. I'm going to make the Klingons the way I want to look." That's pretty bold. Yeah. That's pretty bold. Well, at least it's in the same. Timeline and it's not in the what's what's his name timeline because you yeah. have two different timelines. Now. Oh yeah, because you've got the J.J. Abrams timeline. That is not a thing. Which is, I don't think anyone's ever going to do anything with that no. ever again. All the lens flare. Yeah, all the lens There's actually quite there's act, not not as much as in a J.J. Abrams <laughs> film, there, but there is quite a bit of lens flare in this. And considering, I really kind of wish they would go. They would look at. Because it, it takes place before uh, the original series, but after Enterprise. Okay. And I really wish they would have taken that the 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 look of the bridge in the original series and retrograded it to make it less high tech, because the bridge looks more high tech than any of the series <laughs> ever. Abs, hundred percent. I yeah. mean. That's kind of a good thing that they did with with Enterprise. Yeah, shit looks like it just barely got finished. Right. That was actually my favorite thing about Enterprise was their shit didn't work either. And it <laughs> and it works and it runs like crap. Yes, that was that was that, and they don't know what the fuck they're doing. That was that's Enter that's Enterprise in a nutshell. Yeah. Uh, and but this one, it would have been really cool if the bridge had looked like the 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 nineteen sixties bridge, but lower tech. Mm-hmm. So, so it's, it still has everything's kind of boxy and whatever, but it just you know there's just more visible screws and rivets and stuff like that. But it's not; it's like all glass and I'm, yeah, it looks like it looks higher tech than any any Enterprise ever. Yes. But it, so far, I'm enjoying it. Yeah. Oh. I know we ran late, <laughs> and that's it. No. That's all I have to say on Star Trek. I have, over, I have many things to say on other Get things. Over. Uh, oh, I'm going to play the thing. Yeah. I can't hit that note. I was trying to hit a really high one, but I can't hit it. Thank you for joining us for Season 23, Episode 12 of Happy Jack Jeopardy Podcast. My name is Stu. My name is Kimmy. I'm still Jim. I'm Stark. And we will see you next week, Friday, 7 p.m. Pacific Time-ish, for another episode. Join us next week. And until then, we'll leave with a song. Are we going on Sunday? Yes. Uh, Blood, Blade, and Tusk. Yeah. There we go. Thank you very much. Yeah.